As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What up, what up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Let's Ask Paul, where I, Paul Abernathy, does my best, does my best to answer all questions submitted to me via, via the paulabernathy.com portal. So you can ask me any question on the National Electrical Code. I do my best to answer these questions. Uh, you can ask me the secret of life. Haven't found that answer yet, but I'm always searching for it. <laughs> But I guess the secret is just to be happy with what you do. And if you're not happy, do something else, right? Move on. Life is short. Um, all of these podcasts, if you've never listened before, um, we have hundreds of podcasts that are available over on our website. It's available on our YouTube channel. You can listen to all the popular podcast listening platforms like Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Just simply look for Master the NEC Podcast. And you can listen to hundreds of episodes, but you can also go to YouTube and we share all of our podcasts on YouTube as well. It's just a convenient platform uh, to share podcasts as well. And you'll know when it's a podcast, obviously you won't see any video. That's right, because it's a podcast. But there are available there and some people like to use the YouTube app. It's simple, easy, connects it to their Bluetooth. It's just easy for them. So that's why we share them up there. So if you're looking for just videos on YouTube, you're you're going to be shocked because we share podcasts there as well. So anyway, many, many, many ways to listen to the podcasts. All right. Well, welcome to today's episode. Um, today's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about interconnected electric power production sources. We had a question that was submitted on this, and this is a, admittingly for me, this is one of those questions where um, you can go down a 
a rabbit hole pretty quickly when you're just trying to uh, visualize what's going on with the installation, right? And trying to determine um, what's being asked in the question because it can go in all different terms, right? I mean, you got PV systems, you got DC coupled, you got AC coupled, you got energy storage systems that can be added to a system. You have simple PV systems. Um, and with, of course, with interconnected electric power production sources in Article 705, it's just not limited to PV, right? So it means that you, you have all these different possible sources that can be interactive into your system, right? So we're talking about at any given time, you could have uh, 706 for energy storage come into play, 690 come into play. So many little potential pieces that could be added to this. You're like 705, 710, uh, all these different things could come into play. And so it really makes you have to think about uh, the systems and, and how they interact with each other. But the one way to remember that is obviously if we're dealing with Article 705, that's the piece that kind of connects all the systems together, right? Connects you to the utility, connects you possibly to what's called a multi-mode inverter, which typically is going to be what you need in addition to an interactive inverter, which maybe interacts with the PV system through the arrays. But then you might have energy storage sources under Article 706 that will have like the Tesla walls, or the Gener uh, Generac walls, or whatever you want to call them. Um, and so they all kind of intermingle together. So learning the National Electrical Code can be difficult in these areas. Uh, and there are people that specialize just in this, right? Because there's so many pieces that can intertwine. And we've gotten used to that with the National Electrical Code, right? It sends you one place, then, then there's an element of the other portion of the code. Uh, it's not designed in a way to easily couple the pieces together that you need. Although it does make references a lot of times where it says dot three, you have other articles, uh, other sections to be aware of to kind of try to piecemeal it together. But when it comes to interactive systems like this with the PV wind generation, uh, standalone PV systems, and you know, and you got energy storage that's coming very big into the code and you see this again tesla and generac walls and even back when we had the traditional uh, uh 480 systems which is the uh uh the uh, lead acid batteries systems and all that kind of stuff we kind of come full circle in the battery design and technology today um but anyway they it gets complicated when you try to intermingle all of these things right and i will tell you there are videos out there from definitive experts. This is, this is what they do. Uh, and they um, really are good at it. I'm a code guy, so I can talk code about these things. But when it comes to design and designing a system and making sure it's uh, very safe and, and all those type of things, uh, there are experts out there that that's all they do. And so I encourage you to seek out, if that's what you're working with, I encourage you to seek out an expert. That's, that's all they do. Okay. All right. So we do have a question that was submitted on today's uh, episode. Again, as I kind of set the stage for that, that question, and I've actually answered this question uh, for the submitter. And I, you know, I feel like I probably answered it, but I probably left as many questions as I did answers to that. So again, this is a supplemental podcast to that, to maybe kind of 
help them out. But to me, it sounds like they're they're in the right track. They 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 kind of understand what's going on, and they didn't over their their installation is not overly complicating it, right? For this scenario, okay. All right. So let me go on and read this question and uh, in, uh, see if we can't shed some additional light onto this question. So here's a question that says, here's my situation. I have a main meter combo, panel one with a 200 amp main breaker and the bus rating at 200 amperes, okay? And has feed through lugs feeding my main panel, panel two in the house where the bus is rated for 225 amperes. Okay. I am looking to put in solar and would need a 70 amp breaker put in the bottom of panel two, all right? So 225 times 1.2 equals 270 amperes. Minus 200 amperes equals 70 amperes. Now that again is the headroom uh, that comes from a calculation when it's talking about uh, making the connection to the bus. Uh, and you, we'll, we'll see that here in a second. So this is where they're coming up with this, this headroom say, well, it says I can have 70, so I'm great. I'm okay with that. Um, it says, so my question is, am I limited to 40 amperes because of my main meter panel, panel one bus rating, uh, especially if I don't have any loads out of panel one other than the feed to panel two. So there would be no risk of overloading the panel one's bus. Thanks. Okay. So when I first thought about this question, uh, I got to thinking about different allowances in the code, assuming that his his feeder is sized properly. And again, based on the way he describes it, that feeder that is through that feed-through panel is protected by the 200 amp. So his low calculation in his remote distribution panel downstream uh, is basically gets a calculation done and the loads from the PV input, you know, they're going to be taken at 125%. Uh, we get that direction from 705.12b1. So it's at least going to be 125% of the power source output connection. And so, but of course he has all these other loads that he's taking into consideration in that panel anyway to size that feeder that's actually feeding that, that panel. So considering that they've done a load calculation using article 220 and everything is done right and they, they took into consideration, right? Uh, everything that's, that's, that could be exposed onto that feeder and assuming they took all of that into consideration and did their calculation right. Now, the question really is about the, about the bus. And for me is the, the protection of that bus or limiting that bus is going to be based on the bus that's, that's in use, right? because the connection to the panel one through the feed through lugs is again, limiting factor is a 200 amp at the source. And again, that's at the top of the bus, even though it's a feed through, it's still protected at its source at 200. And assuming that you've done a calculated load, that's all that's gonna be exposed to that bus, right? Otherwise the breaker would trip, right? And so you've sized everything accordingly, and we'll have to assume that the feeder was sized accordingly. We want to focus our attention on the bus two, right? Now, when we're looking at this, this, this situation and he's making the connection to bus two, there's, there's a couple things that we need to look at. And 705.12b is kind of where we want to be. 
first, okay? Didn't that sound like a pun? It's where we want to be is 705.12b. Okay, anyway, um, no humor. All right, before we even get into that, I want to look at 705.12 in general and read it so we can get kind of the basis of what we're talking about here. This is a load side source connection. Now, I will be doing an upcoming, uh, let's ask Paul, because I do have another question that was submitted dealing with how to make supply side connections and, and what do those conductors have to be sized to. And there's been some changes uh, in the 2020 edition of the NEC that kind of clarifies a little bit about these connections. Before that, we had to kind of make our own uh, uh, assumptions, if you will. Well, clarity has come a little bit in the 2020, so we will be covering that in an upcoming episode. And of course, we obviously have 2023 episodes coming out, which may change some things as well. Okay. But 705.12, we're talking load side connections. And in this case, in panel two, opposite end of the bus, that's what they're, they're trying to make a connection. Now, it says the output of the interconnected electric power source, in this case, uh, we'll say it's an interactive inverter, um, shall be permitted to be connected to the load side of the service disconnecting means of the other source at any distribution panel on the premise. Okay, so we're okay first to do it in panel two. Okay, for somebody that says, no, no, you can't do it there. Now, there are rules that we have to follow, but other than that, yes, perfectly acceptable to do that. Okay. Uh, let's see, it says, where, the, where distribution equipment or, or feeders are fed simultaneously by a primary source of electricity and one or more other power sources and the and are capable of supplying multiple brand circuits of feeders or both, the interconnected equipment shall comply with 705.12a through e. Okay. So context here is that where I have got a feeder, and let's say I had the panel that we're talking about, panel one, happen to have the power, the output source from an inverter going into that. And then the feeder was going downstream to another panel where all the feeders and brand circuits, where the loads are going to be, that are going to be utilizing this power coming from this uh, inverter, right, from the PV system, then it's reminding us that that feeder has to take all of that into consideration, not only sizing it for what the utility would be, a 200 amp for sizing uh, capacity, but also potentially the capacity that could come from the inverter. Okay? So it's just reminding you that. And we do have rules that talk about that, but I just want to set the tone, that's an example we're talking about. So you could have, um, and we'll talk about feed-through panels a little extra than addition to what we're talking about here that's not really related to the question, but I want to go there because there is this is becoming very popular to uh, put in a feed-through panel and feed through and feed the panel downstream, which may be your, your for all intents and purposes, maybe your main panel that's supplying all your branch and feeder loads in your house. And so there's certain things that you have to take into consideration for that, right? So I want to make sure we kind of touch on that, but I do want to answer this question because when I first was presented with this question and I gave them the answer, but they actually answered their own question in their question. And so I, I kind of didn't want to convolute it when giving an answer, but then for me, it became another teaching moment. Okay, so I don't want to confuse you. So let's get back to what we're talking about here. 
So we have a panel one, it's a feed through, it's coming in, it's 200 amps, there's no other loads in there, it's going out of the load side of the feed through, so it is a feeder, and it is going to panel two, and in panel two, they wanna put the PV at the opposite end of the bus. Okay, so immediately what we're looking at is assuming that the feeder was sized properly, all of that was taken in, into consideration, uh, right? Everything was taken into consideration. Now, they're feeding it with a 200 amp. We'll assume they size the feeder right. They've done a load calculation on that panel. They took that output at 125% and did their calculation in accordance with Article 220. So they know they're good to go in their panel. They know that feeder sized okay. So all they're worried about in this question is which bus to use for this calculation. Okay, now, in my mind, I wanted to immediately go to 705.12B36. But the problem with that is it's telling me in this, it's saying, listen, again, I don't want to confuse you, but just listen. It says connections shall be permitted on bus bars of panel boards that supply lugs connected to feed through conductors. Okay, so it says the connection shall be permitted on a bus bar of a panel board that supply lugs connected to feed through conductors. So we're talking about a connection in a panel board that where you'd put the breaker in the panel board that's in the same location. So this would be in panel one. So he has nothing in his panel, but if he did put it in panel one, now you've got feed through lugs that go out of that that feed the remote panel too. Well, if that's the case, then you have to consider not only the 200 amps, but you're gonna also have to consider the, the values from the output of the inverter when you're sizing that, that, those conductors, right? But that's just, it's just telling you that you're okay to make that connection in panel one instead of at panel two, which is what he wants to do. You could do that and still have feed-throughs. Because then it goes on to remind you, it says, the feed-through conductors shall be sized in accordance with 705.12B1. So it's sending you back to the feeder sizing, which is, again, telling you that it's got to be 125% of the power source output current, right? And again, you're going to have to have also the level of whatever the rating is of the, the feeder when it comes to if it was just the normal connection, 200 amp rated, because that's what's being protected at by the feed through breaker, right? So you'd have to do, and it gives us rules here to, to do that, right? So it can't be less than 125%, but of course, also you have to take into consideration the loads, right? But that's not what we're doing here, right? That's not the question that's being asked because it's not putting the breaker in panel one. He wants to put the breaker in panel two, right? When it comes to the PV uh, system. All right, so we're really not, not looking at 705.12B36. <laughs> and I originally, when I read his question, I was like, okay, yeah, well, go look at that. And we're really only, and I, and I guess I alluded to, we're really only dealing with that bus, the second bus, not the first bus. So I really, answered the question, but I didn't need to reference 705.12B36 uh, because that's really not what we're dealing with, right? It's kind of not what the, 
the scenario is, okay? All right, so, and you look at the different rules in here, and you're thinking, okay, well, we're purely just dealing with the bus, bus number two. We're dealing with the second one, which he said, or she said, was rated 225, right? So what we want to do is we want to look at the bus bars driven. So six is not going to be it. So we go back to 705.12B3, and you have really, I think what we're going to be dealing with in this situation is B2. And I think that's what he alluded to, really, is the B2 allowance for that specific bus bar. Taking bus bar one out of the equation, uh, because we're making this, this connection, and we're going to be limiting the load on the feeder from panel one to panel two. And we've done a calculation on that. And we've taken this all into consideration, sizing that feeder. We're really worried about overloading the bus, that, that the uh, output source the PV system is being connected to, right? And we want to make sure that bus. So if you look at it, item number two, it says we're two sources, one, the primary power, and obviously that's coming in the top, and the other power source are located at opposite ends of the bus bar that contain loads. So obviously this panel two has all of the loads, feeders and branches, okay? So he's putting it at the opposite end. It says the sum of 125% of the power source output circuit current and the rating of the overcurrent device protecting the bus bar. And in this case, the overcurrent device that actually is protecting that bus bar is the 200 amp in panel one because it's a feed through. And I'm sure their main lug only is in this second panel. Um, but that is still protecting that panel. It is still limiting it to 200 amps, right? So even though this bus bar, though, is rated 225 in this one, right? And this is the one we're making the connection to. And that's what I was trying to say in the email. But again, I typed these emails so quickly um, that I wasn't sure whether I was ultimately clear. But I wanted to make sure I'm clear to them, okay? Because that's my mission. My mission is always to try to be as clear as possible. So we're focusing on this bus bar in panel two, right? So it's 125% of the power source output. Uh, and in this case, since they said they had headroom of 70, uh, let's assume that, that, that it, well, it's 70 times uh, 0.80. So we're assuming that it's less than 56 amps is the output of the inverter. And we do that times 1.25. So that's 70 amps. So we're assuming it's 56 or less. So that's where he gets his 70. Okay. So. If the panel is 200, right? So it, what's the 120? It can't exceed 120% of the ampacity of the bus bar. So that bus bar was 225, okay? So it's saying, okay, I can exceed what? 120%. So 200, we're going to just do it here, and we'll do uh, 225, excuse me. Um, 1.20, that is 270 amperes, okay? So here, it's 120% of the power source, which uh, we'll assume was 70, right? And because of the 56, which is 80% of 70, uh, and then so we verified that by multiplying at 125%. So 70 plus the breaker, right? So it was uh, 70 plus the 200 amp, so 200 plus 70, that's 270. 225 
times 1.20 is 270. It does not look like they are past the 225, uh, uh, the 20% higher than the 225 amp rated bus, right? So the code says here, let's read it all so we can kind of tie those loose pieces together in case you're confused and what my, you know, rambling is all about here. It says we're two sources, one primary power source, that's utility coming in through that feed through panel. And the other power source, which is the inverter, the input from the inverter, or the output of the inverter, which is input into the system. It says, are located at opposite ends of the bus bar, and he says he's done that, that contain loads, and he said this is the main panel. This is panel two. This is the one in the house. Um, says the sum of 125% of the power source output circuit current, which again, we're going to assume that it was 56 is what your output of your inverter was because we can't exceed 70 based on the math we've already done. So that's what hopefully the output value is of his inverter. And he's already done that because he didn't tell us what that was. So we'll assume that. So 125% would be, let's say 70 is what they already did the math and the rating of the overcurrent protected device, uh, protecting the bus bar, which is 200 amps shall not exceed 120% of the ampacity of the bus bar. And it wasn't right. Because that bus bar was 225, right? And we multiply that by 1.20. That's 270 amps. So 270 amps is 120% of the 225 amp rated bus. Okay, so we've already done that. And we did the math. We took the 200 amp protective device. That's the feed through panel, panel one. That's the breaker. That's the overcurrent. That's protecting the bus. Even though it's a feed through, it's also protecting the feeder panel bus downstream, right? And so that's 200. And then we are going to add to that the 70 amps, which was the output of the inverter at 125%, which equals 70. And so 200 plus 70 is 270. So he is right on the mark, exactly right on the mark, okay? All right. So let's read a little more here. So it, it says the bus bar shall be sized for the loads connected in accordance with article 220. So again, assumes that you have done all your load calculations as well. It assumes that even though you're doing this to try to find the max that you've actually done the calculation and you're not exceeding the rating of the bus bar anyway. Now, when you do this, you also have warning labels you have to place, and it tells you here, uh, do not relocate this overcurrent device, yada, 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 and all of that type of stuff. So you got these rules. So that sounds like the one that he's dealing with. So answer your question. I think that the feed through is fine. You're not putting any, you're not putting any backfed PV in the first panel, which is going to change the current rating of the feeders that are from that feed through down to the second panel. So you're not doing that. So that's fine. They can be rated 200 amps. It assumes that the panel downstream panel two, you've done a low calculation. And since, you know, you're not exceeding 225, the bus rating, it assumes you've done the low calculation and everything is good. Obviously you're going to be limited to 200 amps because of the main breaker. Cause this is a feed through panel. You're still going to be limited. You don't have any loads that are in the first panel. Um, be careful because obviously you could, somebody could add those loads. And so again, 
Um, just be careful. But your second panel is bus bars protected by the 200 amp up in panel one. So that's okay. 408.36 allows this to not have a main breaker. Okay. All that's good. You're making the connection at the opposite end of the bus. So now we have the bus bar rules. The bus bar is rated 225. Uh, since you're connecting to the other end, you can't exceed um, the uh, 120% of the bus, which you've stated, which is 270. Your breaker that you want to put in is, is 70. Uh, and your main breaker that's protecting that is 200. That doesn't exceed the 120% of the bus bar. You're right on the mark. I don't think as long as you put your labeling, I think you're fine. Okay. I think you're fine. So hopefully that answers that question. And if I wasn't as clear in my, uh, you were right. I mean, you were right on there. But again, I was typing that out and I got to thinking about 705.12B36. And I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 Paul. He's not putting the PV in panel one. He's putting it in panel two. And so remember when I said a lot of times us code guys, we can go down that rabbit hole. And so I wanted to make sure uh, the ultimately the answer I gave is the same. You're going to be using panel two. You're not going to be worrying about panel one, uh, but it was more convoluted than it needed to be. So hopefully that answered the question, gave a little more insight into my belief on that. If you feel I'm wrong, that's OK. You can thumbs down all you like. That's fine. But until next time, folks, stay safe. God bless and hope you got something from today's episode. If you want to submit your own questions for my opinions, um, then please go to paulabernathy.com. I am more than happy to do my best to answer those questions for you. And if I need to clear it up, I will clear it up. If you have additional follow-up questions, please feel free to put a follow-up at paulabernathy.com and let me know it's a follow-up and I will uh, do a follow-up. Till next time, folks, stay safe. God bless. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.